Welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor John Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Um, and being a great dad, being a great father, this is something in life that there's no doubt about it, it really does matter. I've never met a dad that is saying to me, John, it's something that I don't wanna do a good job of. Every dad wants to do a great job of being a father. And one of the things we recognise intrinsically about fatherhood is that it has the ability to make a massive difference in the development of the next generation. I mean, we literally talk about somebody and go, whoa, what's wrong with that person? Well, they, they have daddy issues. It's like a phrase we use to say there is problems in, with that person and their relationship with their dad. We know as a culture, society, that that being a, a, that the, the, the relationship or the impact of a father on somebody's life, if it's a great impact, it can have a tremendous blessing. And, and if it's a bad impact, that it can be really, really challenging for people. And being a dad, I guess, is also uh, a little bit of a challenge because there's no way, you, there's no qualifications, there's no training. You don't have to pass an exam to be a father. You just kind of like go through a biological process and bang, you suddenly are one. And unlike women, for men, this is normally our first foray into the world of little beings. I mean, this week, my son was at school and he came home and I said, how was your day, mate? And he said, it was terrible. I said, why was your day terrible? He said, it was a wet lunchtime. I said, oh, what's so bad about that? He said, well, they made me go over and look after the five-year-olds. And I'm like, oh, and he goes, yeah, it was terrible. They were all misbehaving. I had to put their name up on the, on the blackboard, gave them demerit points. I hope they got a detention. Like he's talking like this. And I'm like, bro, it's lunchtime. They're five. They're allowed to run around a little bit. But he's not hardwired that way. His sister would be like, this is a great lunchtime. Awesome. I got to hang with the five-year-olds. He was like, it was hell on earth. And I guess for me, the difference between men and women is that nobody's paying a 15-year-old boy to look after their children, right? You want a babysitter? Go to a girl, because we know that men are irresponsible. <laughs> and so what that tends to mean is because of our hardwiring and because of the way our, our society naturally serves up different roles, when a guy becomes a dad, that's the first time he's engaging with this thing we call a baby. And from that point onward, the guy's on the back foot. The girl's had a lot of experiences. Let me hold it. We don't want to hold it. We don't want to break it. And now suddenly it's ours and we've got to look after it, right? So we come out, <laughs> it's terrifying, Greg says. We come out the gate and we're on the back foot and we're trying to make up for lost time and we're trying to do a good job at this thing that we call fatherhood. And there's no father I've ever met who's like, I'm nailing it. I'm perfect at this. And added to this is the added dynamic that as men, we're hardwired for responsibility. I mean, until it's our kid, we don't feel responsible. Somebody shut that kid up. The moment it's ours, we don't know what to do with it. We're on the back foot. We're trying to make up for lost time. And we're busy self-flagellating ourselves for the poor job that we are doing. I mean, Jillian and I were both involved in a situation recently where we had to play a role and we came out of it 
and both of us had done well in parts of our role and not well in other parts of our role. And I'm just talking here about the way that men process, the way that women process, but we came out of it. And I was like, oh, I did okay at this, but I didn't do that well, didn't do that well, didn't do that well. And all I was thinking about was the things that I didn't do well. I'm like, why didn't you do a better job? And I'm, I'm beating myself up, you know? I'm, I'm like, why didn't you do better, Cameron? Jillian walks out. She'd messed up in about three things, did one or two things really well. And she comes out and she's like, man, I might have messed up on something, but I nailed that part. I mean, I nailed that part. And I'm like, that's the difference between men and women. We're like, I stuffed up. I'm a loser. Girls are like, I'm a hero. So we're on the back foot. We don't know what to do. We're making up for lost time. We have no experience. And whenever we make a mistake, we beat ourselves up for it. It's hard being a dad. Come on, somebody give me a little bit of empathy out there. And then we're, we're, we're aware of what we haven't got. We're aware of what we, where we don't measure up. And we're, we're wanting to do a really good job at this. And we say, man, I don't have all the wisdom I need. I don't have all the money I need. I don't have all the, I don't have all the energy that I need. I don't, I don't have the right words sometimes. And as a, as because of all of this, it can be very challenging to explore this thing that we call fatherhood and to feel like you're doing a good job. And I, I wanna give you today a strategy that I think might empower some dads. And I, I wanna say straight out the gate that I think this is gonna be tremendously encouraging for everybody, no matter who you are or gender or stage of life, but for dads out there, I just want you to understand that yes, yes, your life is gonna be busy. And not every day are you gonna feel like you are crushing it in everything or fulfilling your own expectations that you have of yourself. And you probably are at times, gonna beat yourself up for what you haven't done and could have done better. But I just want everybody in this room to understand that our lives are not a story of every, every second or every day. Our lives, when they reach their end, become a collection of little sections of time that we choose to do things with them and what we do makes, makes the difference our lives at the end of the story are gonna be about moments, about moments. And if we wanna be great dads, if we wanna be great granddads, if we wanna be great men and great people, then I think one of the greatest keys to life is learning that through the journey of our lives, what we do with moments, that's what's gonna make all the difference in the world. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, chapter five is our, our text for today in verse 16. But let me just tell you what verse 15 is talking about before you read out verse 16. In verse 15, the Bible is talking to us about how we can find wisdom, how we can get more wisdom in our lives. And then in that context of saying, man, let's get some wisdom in our lives, this is what verse 16 says. It says that we should be redeeming the time because the days are evil. Because the days are evil, we should be in our lives redeeming the time. Now this word to redeem, to redeem, it literally means to take something that is going to be lost or broken or discarded or thrown away and to redeem simply means to rescue it or to buy it back or to, or to repurpose it. When I think about this word redeem, I always think of remove floorboards. 
You know, when we get these old houses and Jeff Stanway's the king at this, but you get some old decrepit villa that's being torn down so somebody can put three townhouses in its place. And there are some floorboards in somebody's house and they look worthless. They have been trampled on. They have been used and abused. And now they are ready to be discarded. But a person with a good eye comes along and sees these Rimu or Matai floorboards, these Kauri floorboards, and they go, wow, look at that. There is potential in that. And they take them and they sand them and they polish them and they put them together and make a dining room table and sell it for $3,000. And what looked like it was worth nothing is now an incredibly valuable item. Our, Our dining room table in the Cameron house is literally Rimu floorboards that somebody redeemed, somebody rescued them from loss. By the way, this is the entire heart of God towards every person in this room. The reason why Jesus came to this earth was to redeem you and I. That because of our sin, our shortcomings, our fallibility, we are now sentenced to destruction. Our sins take us to death. But because Jesus came to this planet, He looked at you and I, and even though we were and are selfish and vengeful and full of all kinds of sin. God looked at you and I and He said, man, I love you. I don't want you to go to eternal destruction. So I am gonna redeem you. Jesus came to redeem us, to take these broken lives and to make us repurposed back to what God originally had in mind for us relationship with God and an eternity in heaven. And the Bible is saying that what we should do, if we want wisdom, guys, if we want wisdom, dads, that we need to redeem, we need to rescue, we need to buy back, buy back, that we need to repurpose the time, the time. Now that word time literally means a moment, a moment. It's a specific thing. It's saying that we should redeem the moments because the days are evil. Now listen, I just want everybody in this room to get it clear that the days are evil. You do not live in a life that is naturally gonna serve up an ideal set of circumstances for you to be the person that you want to be. Anybody here that's waiting, oh, John, one day in my life, I'm gonna have more time, then I'll be able to serve God. One day, I'm gonna have, you know, less pressure, and then I'll be able to be the parent that I wanna be. One day, everything in life, it's ne- one day is never gonna be a day. It's never gonna happen. The days are evil. Life doesn't naturally serve up for us a whole lot of opportunities to be the people that we want. Every season of life has a new challenge. The days are evil, the Bible's saying. It's not gonna naturally serve us. So the only way that we can live the life that we want is we have to buy back moments. We have to redeem the time. We have to say yes to moments so that we don't waste the longevity of our journey. Otherwise, we're gonna wake up and we're gonna be 60 and we're gonna say, man, my whole life was wasted, or we can choose to do something different because your life is not gonna be at the end of the day about your days. It's gonna be about your moments. Because we're all gonna work some long hours, guys. We're all gonna feel tired. We're all gonna get sick sometimes. We're all gonna have precious place on us. But what we do with the moments, This is gonna be what defines us as a dad. People are gonna go, yeah, dad was busy sometimes. Dad was sometimes stressed out. But what he did 
in that moment, that is what I remember of Him. And we can change, we can change our experience as fathers when we learn to say yes to moments. You know, Jesus, when we see the journey of Jesus on earth and we, we realize that He had a Father in heaven, it's a great opportunity to witness how the Father is there for the Son in moments. For 30 years, Jesus lived on this earth as a carpenter. It wasn't until the age of 30 that He began His ministry and at the age of 33, died upon that cross for my sin, for your sin. And then three days later, rose from the grave and ascended to heaven. And now because of that, death doesn't have to be our victor, that, that our sins don't have to take us to eternal destruction, that heaven can be our home because of that great sacrifice of Jesus. But for 30 years, he lived like anybody else. Then at the age of 30, Jesus was baptized. He went down into some water. He came back out of it. It was a symbolic gesture, symbolizing that his old experiences were gone, that he had a new identity. And as Jesus came out of the waters of baptism, he stood there in the waters. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came around Jesus. And there's no record of an audible voice of the Father speaking at any other moment in Jesus' life until this one. And a voice came from heaven, and this is what the voice said. This is my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And the Father in heaven spoke to Jesus when he needed a voice in a moment. There's no record of him like speaking every day, there's no audible voice from heaven coming in every moment. But when Jesus had a moment, the voice is there. And by the way, leave it up long enough, guys, for every dad to take a mental note. If you wanna know three things that will make you the word-giving, life-word-giving parent you wanna be to your children, that's it, right there, that's your template. This is my son, this is my daughter, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. By the way, tonight I wanna encourage everybody, maybe you don't normally come to our services in the evening, I wanna talk to you about God our Father tonight and I really believe it's gonna help a lot of people who are out there who maybe have all kinds of different experiences of a dad. But what an amazing verse of Scripture. The second time we see the Father speaking in a moment to Jesus is when Jesus, after about three years of His journey, began to really galvanise Himself and prepare for the fact that He was about to be crucified. And He climbed the Mount of Transfiguration. It's this mountain where it's called the Mount of Transfiguration because Jesus climbed there and when He got to the top, the glory of God turned up and Moses and Elijah, who were two of the greatest Old Testament Bible heroes, turned up basically to encourage Jesus as He's about to go to the cross. He came to this earth, He lived as a man. God's own Son became a man and He knew that this was gonna be difficult and so they turned up for a bit of a team huddle to encourage Jesus for what was ahead. And the Bible tells us that one of the disciples, his name is Peter, and Peter's always got too much to say. And he's just overwhelmed by the moment, Moses and Elijah and the glory of God. And so Peter just starts talking out of his head. He's just like, ah, I don't know what to say, but I'm just gonna say stuff anyway. And the Bible says that the Father spoke from heaven and He just said, this is my son. Listen to him. But don't you try and derail this moment. Don't take over. He's gotta keep walking this journey. The Father was there for Jesus in moments. Then the Bible tells us that the third time that the Father spoke audibly was on the eve of Jesus' arrest. Before Roman soldiers arrested Jesus and took Him away, once they took Him away, they pulled the hair from His beard. They beat Him with their fists. They whipped Him 39 times with a whip that would 
grab hunks of flesh out of a person's back every time it was removed from the back again. Before they crucified him with nails and he died an agonizing death upon the cross because he loved you and I so much. And in the days leading up to that, Jesus knowing what was ahead, he said to his disciples, he said, my heart is full of anguish. This is not gonna be an easy season. This is gonna be deeply painful. He said, what should I say? Should I say, Father, deliver me from this hour? No. And he said, Father, glorify your name. Half prayer, half conversation. And the Bible says a third time, the only of the three times that the Father spoke audibly to his Son. And he said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The Father was just there for Jesus in moments. And I think being dad, being a dad, it's not just about the fact that we are gonna be able to be there every second of every day. Life is going to be busy. But the right word in the right moment, the right encouragement in the right season, the right choice with the right set of circumstances, fatherhood, I think, is less about what we do with the days and more about what we do with the moments. And if we stop beating ourselves up for, I wish I had more time and I wish I could be there and I wish I didn't have a job. Man, your children don't wish you didn't have a job. They'd like to eat tomorrow. <laughs> but if we stopped allowing the roles that we have to play in life from pulling us down and instead we just said, you know what? I'm gonna have these moments. And what I do with these moments, these are going to be what describes and defines my life. My brother Brent, He's younger than me, but he had children before me. And what's cool about that is that he's kind of gone before me. So when I wanna know what to do with parenting, I always just ask him. So my kids are like, how old are we gonna be before we get a cell phone? I'm like, just give me five minutes. And so I <laughs> flick off a text and come back to the answer. Yeah, you're gonna be 47. And so, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so I just, I'm always leaning on him. That's how I get my wisdom for this, for this job. And, and I remember when, when um, when Brent and Annie started having children, they went along to the seminar and this, this guy said, listen, New Zealand has a massive problem with suicide. If you wanna suicide proof your children, this is all you need to do. And of course their eyes are like, their ears are like, what? He said, you need to have family moments. They're like, what do you mean? You need to have a dining room table. You need to have a Christmas tradition. You need to have a holiday that they look forward to because what's gonna keep them going in desperate moments of their lives is the knowledge that they're gonna be needed. They're gonna leave a hole if they're not there. What's cool about that is just, just to change the mindset of a little human is just about a moment. Isn't that a crazy thing? And as a dad, I think this puts our job into a little bit more of a package-sized thing that we can handle. We are just going to dads say yes to moments. I want everybody in the room to say moments. One, two, three, moments. Say it again, moments. We're gonna say yes to moments. This is actually like our Cameron phrase for 2018. That Gillian and I are just on this kick where we're just like, you know, for this year, we don't wanna be boring parents. We just wanna try and say yes to moments. This is just our goal. We just wanna, just wanna be there. We wanna make the most of these little opportunities. We wanna redeem that time in the middle of this busy life and just say yes to these moments. In, in April for the school holidays, we were in holiday in Queenstown and we were out for dinner one night and I was so happy. We had a lovely restaurant, had a view over the Queenstown Lake and we were just having the best time eating food. This is my love language. We were having such a great time. 
and everybody was happy. And then we got towards the dessert part of the evening and the kids start saying to Gillian and to me, we wanna go to Patagonia. We wanna go to Patagonia, not the clothing label or the place in earth. We wanna go to Patagonia. It's a gelato store in Queenstown. We wanna go to Patagonia and get some ice cream. Now listen, we're inside, it's warm, my puffer jacket is off, I have a dessert option in front of me, plus I'm Scottish and Gillian got us this crazy 50% off everything for dinner deal on the meal that we're eating, which made dessert really, really cheap, which means I have to eat it and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't wanna, it's cold out there, I'm gonna stay here. But the kids are like, we wanna go to Patagonia. And I remember looking up at Gillian and she looked up at me and we're like saying to each other, yes, two moments. So we got up, went to this dumb gelato store, <laughs> paid more for a scoop of gelato than we would have for an ornate you know, dessert at the restaurant. But it was just about a kick and a buzz and a family adventure. It was just about saying yes to a moment. That's, that's all it is, it was just done. Everyone had a good night. We, were, we went, uh, for my birthday, we went to the Milford Sound and I've always wanted to go there. And we got out to the Milford Sound and we're on the boat, it's a massive adventure. You finally get on the boat, you know, five hours of driving and we're out there on the, on the, on the Milford Sound and the captain of the boat comes on, he says, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to go into that waterfall. And up at the front of the boat, there is this waterfall coming down. He said, we're gonna drive all the way into it. Now, that waterfall comes from a glacier. And if you want, you can stand on the front of the boat. I think it's called the bow. We're gonna, you can stand on the bow of the boat and you can go underneath the waterfall. We call it the glacial facial. <laughs> I thought, we must do this. So I gathered the kids and I said, man, let's go guys. So we jumped out there, got on the front of that boat, walked out to the front. There were a hundred other people that joined us. And it was like Jesus saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood. And then suddenly everybody started bailing. The closer we got to the waterfall, the crowd continued to thin. Until literally, there's a true story. As we approached the waterfall, it was the Camerons and nobody else. Everybody else was back in the comfort of the air condition, but we went under that waterfall, got ourselves a glacial facial that day, got saturated. I don't know what we were doing in three degrees, voluntarily getting our bodies wet, but we had a glacial facial. And to this day, the kids and us will be sitting around and we'll be like, oh, do you remember that time we, you know? And I've got it literally on my iPhone and I can just press the front screen of the iPhone and it just shows the waterfall as we're approaching it. And it's just such a cool memory. And the truth is that what they're gonna remember when they got older is not the five hour car drive. They're gonna remember the glacial facial. And I think that's a good story of parenting because there are a lot of five hour car drives, right? There's a lot of work and there's a lot of pressure, but we've just got to find that way that we can be these dads and these mums that are just saying, you know what, let's go for the glacial facial. When it's, when it's putting those kids to bed and one of them says, hey, why don't you hang out for a bit? And you're wanting to binge watch Netflix. And you've got to make that decision when you want that moment for yourself. But there's that moment being asked for, it's just about saying yes. To moments. That's, I think that's the key, dads, to what it means to be that father. It's, it's kicking that ball. You know, I've got a teenager now, so sometimes it's about taking them shopping. It's about being inspired about their latest project. I, I have a child, I'm de deliberately trying not to mention their names so that I don't go broke. 
because they're in this meeting. I mentioned their names in other services today, but not here because they make me poor. They charge me five bucks a time, but I have one, I have one who's male and gender, but he, he's always, <laughs> he's always, he's always fired up about a new project. I mean, it could be woodwork, it could be electronics, it could be literally computer coding. I mean, that's like Greek and Hebrew, computer coding, or it could be learning to play chess, or it could be just ripstick, whatever it is, he's always got something new that he's trying to figure out, and I know none of them. I know how to study the Bible. I know how to run a church. I know how to sit on a couch. I mean, that's about it. And I'm just always like trying to get involved because at the end of the day, I, I really, I, I frustrate him how little I know, but I'm just all about trying to just say yes to the moment. It's just about saying yes to the moments. I think that what we really need in our lives, if we're gonna be the people that we wanna be, listen, this goes wider than dads. Life is, is evil and busy. You know, I use that word to say it's just not gonna naturally be helpful, right? But if we wanna live the life that we really want, I think we can change that when we just learn to say yes to these, these moments. I mean, literally three Saturdays ago, I was um, in New Zealand time, I was in Dallas, Texas. And I'd gone to America, I had two and a half week trip planned. And when I got to America, I got a text from um, Marcus Lamb, who runs Daystar Television. He said, hey, John, have you got a spare day while you're here in America? Could you fly in and be with Joni and I on the Marcus and Joni show? So Daystar Television, Marcus and Joni Lamb show has a viewing audience of 125 million people worldwide. So I was like, I am now looking for a spare day. And I found one. And it was, it was, it was three weeks ago on a Friday there, Saturday here. So I, I flew over to Dallas, had to get up at some crazy hour, uh, fly, flew over to Dallas, got there, and then had the great honour of being on the Marcus and Joni show. And afterwards, Marcus said, hey, would you like to play golf with me? And I'm like, the leader of the largest Christian television station in the world wants to hang out with me for five hours? Yes. I mean, I, I don't play very well, but... I will get out there and play with you. So we got out there in the golf course and we're going through holes and it was really great because he really is just so relaxed and conversational, such a nice guy. I was gleaning so much, having such a great time. When we got about two thirds of the way through, I looked at my watch and I realised that in New Zealand, it was the time of Will's football game. So I have this thing where no matter where I am on earth, I try to watch just all of his games. I just set alarms, get up in the middle of the night, Gillian's gonna be there so I can just FaceTime and watch his game. So here I am, I'm playing golf with Marcus Lamb and two other guys who, I, sh I don't know how to describe them, just to say ridiculously influential characters. And I just thought, what on earth am I gonna do? And I felt a little bit like, this is a bit awkward. I thought, I'm gonna go for it. So I just said, hey Marcus, I'm gonna miss the next two holes and I'm just gonna watch my son's, my son's football game. Here is the leader. Like he is the Pope and I am the page boy. And I said, Marcus, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna watch this game. You know what was amazing? Him, these other two guys, they were just like, wow, that is so awesome. That is so great. But you know, here I am. He'll never know. Well, he does now because he's heard me say it. Doesn't know I'm hanging out with one of the most influential people in Christendom on the globe. But what he'll remember, hopefully, is that I took the time to engage in what he was doing that I was just there for a moment. And you know what? 
I don't think, I don't think any dad out there, myself at the top of the list, is ever gonna feel I'm crushing this thing because the days are evil. But if we could just learn that it's not about the longevity of time. Yeah, I wish I was home more. I wish I had more energy. I wish I had greater energy, uh, greater wisdom. But you know what? I can say yes to moments. You can say yes to moments. Hey, everybody in this room, we can all say yes to moments. And if we could say yes to moments, we could take that life and we can redeem it back and be the people God wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise together this morning. Why don't you jump to your feet? Jump to your feet all over this auditorium. I wanna pray for every dad that's here this morning. I wanna believe for just a special prayer, a blessing for you. And for everybody out there who's saying, John, I would love for God's wisdom and help in just making the most of moments. You can join in on this prayer as well. Just close your eyes. Every dad, why don't you just receive this prayer? Father, in the Name of Jesus, I thank You for every dad, every granddad that is in this room. I thank You, Lord, for the tremendous role that every dad plays. And I'm praying that You would give us wisdom, that You would give us Your heart that we would redeem the time in these evil days, that we would find the way to say yes to moments and that God, You would bless every dad and especially every child, every grandchild, because we found a greater wisdom to say yes to moments. Bless us all, help us all to be in the moments of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Everybody said, Amen. Come on, give God some praise. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor John Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at John Cameron NZ.